Hi, crime junkies. It's Ashley here. And you all know how ready I am at any moment to drop down the rabbit holes of mysterious cases to look for answers. And there's actually one right now that I cannot stop spiraling about with more rabbit holes than I can count. In this season of Counterclock, investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra begins investigating Doug Wag Jr.'s mysterious death after he was found struck on a strip of railroad tracks. But the more Delia has dug into this case, the stranger things have gotten. And you guys, there is truly so much going on. A string of mysterious deaths, a bank robbery gone wrong, conspiracy, corruption, and it may all be connected. You can binge all of Counterclock Season 6 right now in the Crime Junkie Fan Club, or you can listen to new episodes weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Home is your creative canvas, an expression of your unique style. Only Wayfair has everything you need to bring your vision to life. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas and beds to dining sets and decor. Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on the big stuff. They'll even help you set it up. Our house is full of Wayfair finds, from wall art to rugs to vases and more. Our go-to is always Wayfair. Every style is welcome in the Waverhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Crime Junkie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Crime Junkie. Hi, Crime Junkies. This episode is a bonus and being released outside of our normal schedule because I had a really unique opportunity that I felt was really important to get out the info ASAP rather than wait until a Monday. I had the opportunity to meet with Peyton, the daughter of Nikki McCowan, who went missing from Richmond, Indiana back in 2001. Yeah, we actually did our very first episode ever on Nikki's case back in December. Right. And I would recommend for anyone who hasn't heard that, or if you can't remember the details of Nikki's case and you need a refresher, go back and listen to episode one again before you jump into this one. This interview won't be a rehashing of the case or any of the details. Rather, it's Nikki's daughter giving us her own take on some of the suspects, talking about her life and how it's been since her mom went missing and where the search for Nikki stands now. So with that warning, if you need to go back and listen to episode one, do that now. We'll be here waiting for you when you're done. And if you do remember the case, then let's jump right in and get to the bonus episode.
Okay, Ash, I am really excited for this episode. We haven't done anything like this before, and it's amazing to be able to get Peyton's take on her mom's case. Yeah, Peyton was only nine when her mom went missing, but she's recently taken over a lot of the media stuff on her family's behalf. And it was incredible to be able to just sit down with her and ask someone all of the questions that we had at the end of our first episode. Thank God. I know... I hate this, and some of our listeners hate it, too, when there's no resolution and we just have to speculate. Ugh, same, same. (laughs) So in the episode, there were a couple things that you had only read in one source and couldn't confirm anywhere else. Did you happen to ask her about any of those things? I did, yeah. It was the stuff we talked about at the very end of the episode. And specifically, I got to ask her about that article that said that she had a relationship with Tommy. And... Peyton was able to confirm for me that her aunt was definitely misquoted. Okay, so I don't remember him much, but I do know for a fact, like, my mom, it was just strictly, like, friend spaces. So I know it's, like, really weird because you're like, so, well, then why would anybody want for to be with somebody or want to do something to someone or be, you know, if it was just strictly friends? But, you know, people are... No, people want that all the yeah. time. That's not so weird to me. it... So I can say that I know for a fact that my mother and Tommy Sweat didn't have any type of lover relationship. I mean, I was nine, but I mean, sexual relationship, nothing. Yeah. Um, My aunts and and everyone else, since they're a little older and they know more about it, they could probably vouch for that a little better than I can because I was like, she's nine. How the hell is she going to remember any of that? Right. But I mean... I was always with my mom. Mm-hmm. And unless, like, you know, it was she wanted a mommy's day out or something, but it was mostly just her going shopping, or if she was going out, she was with Bobby or, right. you know, someone else. It was never like, oh, I'm going to go be with him because she just kind of looked at him right. like a big brother. It was more of like, oh, no, we're just friends. And that was that. So she really didn't have any relationship with Tommy, and there wasn't any possibility of the supposed love triangle? Right. What Peyton and I talked a lot about is how it really sucks when a person's misreported, and those false statements keep getting retold as truth, and it muddies the waters around all of the facts in an investigation. Something else she mentioned that got misreported is that it wasn't Bobby who drove to Dayton right after she went missing to look for her. It was actually Nikki's family. Oh, wow. That kind of makes him look more suspicious in my mind. Well, yeah, when I talked to Peyton about Bobby, her and her family are kind of split on what they think about him. Her family doesn't have a relationship with him, and they still think he might hold the answers. You're really close with Bobby, but your family is kind of, like, prickly about him. Do they not like him just because they don't like how, like, he acted, like they felt it was disrespectful? Or do they still, like, in the back of their minds— Feel like they don't have answers for him. I think some of them still feel like he might know something. Really? Um, so I think that's a lot to do with it. And then um, I think most of it is how he acted when things happened. Um, you know, they still really haven't told me much about like what happened, like why they're doing that. I, th- I don't know if they still feel like they have to protect me from it mm-hmm. or they just don't want to. They feel like they might ruin the relationship that I have with him. So they're like, you know what? She loves him. We'll just go on and let her do what she wants with him and then we'll just kind of keep an eye on her from the back but interesting i just kind of think you know really it's just how he went about the way of things you know because like i said it, it when you know i watched disappeared it was really fishy like I, you know there were things on there that i had no idea so i was like hello that happened like no one wanted to tell me but so you actually learned things when you watched that yeah i did i don't really care for the unsolved mysteries one but um disappeared i didn't know there was an unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. one yeah it's, it's, that's why because i don't I don't really care for it. When I asked Peyton if she agreed with her family's suspicions, here's what she had to say. I can't, I will not say that 
Bobby knows something because I don't know if he does. And, you know, like I tell people all the time, if he can look at me in my face and now look my daughter in the face and still know something and not want to say something, that's a sick individual to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do I think he knows something? No, not really, because I feel like eventually a person would go absolutely psycho if they knew something and was still interacting with their child. So, no, I mean, yes, things that he did was really suspicious and it had me thinking, okay, well, why did you do that? But people do things in the heat of the moment and you just kind of got to let let it go. And my family obviously has a hard time letting things go. And whereas me, I'm like, you know what? We can talk it out. We're adults. Let's talk about it. Why did you do it this way? And my family and even me sometimes, we tend to let our emotions get ahead of us besides thinking logically. So, even though I let my emotions get the best of me, I'm still, out of all of us, <laughs> the most logical thinker when it comes to things. Like, they're ready to jump the gun. And I'm like, whoa, let's stop and think about this for a second. And they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And my Aunt Tammy's was like, I can't stand it. <laughs> you know what? I know you can't, but I love you, so it's okay. Peyton and Bobby have actually kept a really cordial relationship, and she says they try to stay in touch now. A lot of people, you know, are like, you still talk to him? And... Yeah, I do. Um, And it's wild to some people, I guess, because a lot of my family don't talk to him. And so they're like, well, your aunts and uncles don't talk to him, so why do you talk to him? Why don't they talk to him? Um, I think a lot of them are bitter with him. Um, I think they... A lot of my aunts and my uncles really haven't left July 22nd, 2001. And while everybody else's lives have moved on, they're still there. So they feel like, you know, a lot of things that Bobby did, they didn't like. And I can't speak on it because I was nine when a lot of these things happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know what Bobby's intentions were. He's told me. And you know what? I can't say, like, no, you're a liar. And just like, okay, well, you know, I think he now sees how it was a little fishy in the beginning. Like, okay, I get it. But, you know, mom, whether she was here or not, would, if... Bobby and her didn't work out she wouldn't want him to be miserable and be unhappy and that's what I explained to my aunts and my uncles like you know Bobby has a life too and he has to live it and I talked to him recently and told him you know what I want you to go be happy and I don't want you to feel like if you move on and you find somebody else that it's going to hurt my feelings because it's not everybody else has moved on so why can't you and he just kind of looked at me like I was crazy but I was serious, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. He deserves to be happy just like the rest of us do. Like, yes, he loved mom, but mom loved him. That's who my mother loved. So I'm never, obviously, she's seen something in him and wanted to spend the rest of her life with him. So who am I to be like, you know what? You did this, so you suck. Like, no, I'm still going to let you be in my life. And, you know, if one day you want to sit down and talk with me and explain you and my mother's relationship or anything, I'm all for it. And... Uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. Okay, so I have to be honest, Ashley. I don't know if I could do that. Bravo to Peyton. I know. Seriously. I know. (laughs) I know. The innocent until proven guilty thing is something I've always believed in, but I have to say, I think it's a lot easier to say that when you aren't missing a family member. If my mom were gone and I thought someone had answers, I don't think I could keep my composure like Peyton has. Totally. And that's the one thing I have to tell you about my time with her. I was just so impressed by her grace and her ability to think the best of people. And she refuses to point the finger at anyone and call them guilty until she has proof. 
Just like Tommy went, like, yeah, he did some things that were suspect, but I can't sit here and tell you, like, yeah, he hurt my mom. Like, it's suspect, of course. Like, you'll always wonder, but we'll never get that answer because he's gone now. So, you know, okay, he was, he was found, his handprint and DNA was found on someone else's, but there was nothing found in my mom's car. That car was quite clean. So we can't say that he did it, but we can't say that he didn't either. It's just kind of like, we'll never know. Um, and I'm, I was always, um, and I still am that person. I was like, you know what, guys? We don't know, so we can't really say it. My aunts hate it. They're like, we hate, we hate that you think like that. And I'm like, I don't know how to, you do it. You've got to think like that. And it's hard, you know, it's easier to forgive than forget. So, you know, I can forgive if Tommy Swan did something to him, to my mom. I can forgive him for that eventually if we find out that that happened. But I'm never going to forget that you're the person that did it. But... Either way it goes, we're not going to have the justice we want. So Peyton doesn't even hate Tommy Swint? No, she said that even if she finds out that, yes, for sure he did it, she might hate him. But there's no point in hating him now because there's no proof. And she even said that her heart went out to Tommy's daughter because when he killed himself, she lost a parent too. And Peyton said it's a pain that she wouldn't wish on anyone, even her worst enemy. OMG, Peyton might be an actual angel. For real. I even told her I get where her family's coming from. Like, I don't think that I could. I think, like, I get why they would want to be like, okay, yeah, he did it, and I want to be mad at him. Yeah. And I want... And just because even if you don't know where she is, like, at least it feels like yeah, an answer. Yeah, it feels good to be able to blame somebody. And I get it. I do. But I don't know. I guess I just... I don't want to be that person to place blame on somebody and then find out they have absolutely nothing to do with it. And then you're like hated that person for no reason so I'm just kind of like you know what I'll hate you when I find out if you did something to my mom wow I know she is so strong and level-headed like she's my hero so since she didn't blame him without evidence I wanted to find out what she was feeling when she heard that Tommy Swint had killed himself I remember that day vividly you know like you know we got I got home from school and they were like you know we've got some news and I'm like okay well, what's going on like I'm thinking you know the worst like you know they found mom but she's yeah. dead or something like that and they're like you know um Tommy was a, a suspect in another case and they you know found his DNA and things and they went to go get him and he killed himself and I was just kind of like I was still young, but I was old enough to kind of process this. So I was just like, and you're just kind of like, what the hell? Like, what do I do? Like, what do we do now? Like, that was the only thing that we had to go off of. And yeah. now we're just here. And it's like, it's been eight years later. And we're just kind of like, hi, now we're what? still here. Yeah. Ugh, that has to be so frustrating if she won't blame someone until she has proof when the guy who most likely has the proof is dead. Yeah. And that's basically what she said. I asked her if she ever had the fear that Tommy did it, but never told anyone and took the answers with him. I mean, people pillow talk all the time, right? You know, you're laying down or you're doing something and you're talking to somebody in confidence you feel like you're talking to them in confidence you sometimes let little things slip and you know there might be somebody out there that knows something and if that person does just like the person that anonymously tipped off for the other case like you can do that and we don't have to know who you are so if Tommy did something to Nikki, it's most likely a girlfriend or an ex-girlfriend or someone close to him that would know about it, right? Yeah, there actually is someone that police think might have helpful information. I know that they are, they've questioned or they want to question a woman that was close with both my mom and Tommy Swain. Her name is and they kind of want to question her, but 
couldn't tell you where she is. I asked Peyton if this was the same woman mentioned in that 2017 article. If you remember in episode one, the article said that Nikki actually called a friend that day, and the friend stated that Nikki told her she was going to stop off at a drugstore. So, I mean, they say she's still around. I mean, she's not, I, I wouldn't say she's hiding, but I mean, she's flown under the radar for the last 16 years, so... I don't know where she's at. If you put her in front of me, I couldn't pick her out to you. So, yeah. So I, you know, I don't know her, the extremity of her and Tommy Swint's relationship. And to be honest with you, I don't care. But I just feel like if Tommy ever said something to her and she knows something, it'd be nice to know what she knows. Were her and this lady close friends? Was it normal for her to be calling or was it just a random person? Peyton says she thinks that they were friends, so it isn't weird. They actually work together. I also asked Peyton where she would have called from, and she said it was probably a payphone, but she doesn't know where that payphone was, if it was in Richmond, Indiana, Dayton, Ohio. So she has no idea where that call was made from. And not knowing where she made her last call and not knowing where her mom was actually abducted is one of the hardest things for her because she feels like she doesn't even know where to start. I always tell people, like, you know, my mom, we we can't say that she's abducted here in Richmond, but we really can't say that she anything happened to her in Dayton. But we kind of figured it happened between Richmond and Dayton because her truck was found in Dayton. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say exactly what happened, and that's kind of where this case turns cold. Like, you're just like, okay, her truck was found, but it was clean. like Totally wiped down inside yeah. and out, right? Yeah. The laundry was still in the back, folded up, like... Yeah. Yeah, that's something that's stuck with me about this case, and a lot of our listeners have mentioned it too. There's no crime scene. I know. I've always just assumed something happened at the laundromat because we know she was there. But Peyton's right. We don't actually know where she even encountered the person who took her. We just know somewhere between the laundromat and her old apartment in Dayton, where her car was found, something happened. I was thinking about the apartment that her car was found. There's no way it was a coincidence that her car was there. And she used to live there, right? Yeah, I actually asked Peyton about that. First, I wanted to confirm that she and her mom did, in fact, live there at some point. I can't remember where I saw it, but, like, one place said that your mom used to live in that apartment complex. Is that true? mm -hmm. We lived in there. I remember we used to—funny story again. um, Me and my cousin, somebody had some oysters, and me and my cousin took the oysters and threw them at people's doors. (laughs) Got in trouble for it, but, you know, yeah. So we used to live there, and my dad actually lived there as well um, at the time that my mom disappeared. So your, your real dad mm-hmm. lived at the apartment. So is he the one that found, like, saw the car? No, I don't know who found the car, but, um, it was parked on the opposite side of where my dad lived, but my dad lived in that apartment pom- complex as well. And it was kind of like, are they trying to set my dad up, trying to make it look like he knew yeah, something? That's weird. And yeah, so it was weird, but my dad, you know, obviously complied with everything. Yeah. Half the flying colors. And, you know, they're like, oh, nope, he didn't do anything. But obviously, you know, they look at the ex-boyfriend. and I, like Yeah, you so, have to. Yeah. yeah. So, nope, they did find it where, because my dad lived there, too. And um, That's interesting, though. Like, someone either like, I mean, it seems like it wouldn't be a coincidence. Someone yeah. either knew your mom lived there or, I like you said, my dad and was trying there. to set him up. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that is I didn't weird. realize that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I never even considered someone might have been trying to set her ex up. I hadn't either, but I also had no idea Peyton's dad even lived there. Yeah, I don't feel like we ever heard anything about Peyton's dad. Yeah, Peyton said he was obviously vetted pretty hard by police and cleared, but he doesn't really talk about it at all. She said she really doesn't know what her dad's thoughts were on the whole case until they were recently interviewed for a Crime Watch Daily that actually aired February 19th. We sat down and we looked at pictures, me and my dad and my mom, and, you know, they kind of sat and talked with us both, and, you know, what he said— 
I almost cried. I did almost cry when my dad was talking about me, and I but I held it together. And I think the guy Jason interviewing us was like, look, because I had like I was congested, so I was like sniffling, and I get think he thought that I was crying, so like he was kind of like waiting to see if he needed to comfort me or not. But I was like, I got this, dude. Like this is nothing. But yeah, almost cried. Like look up at the light and like pretend I was just like not really listening to my dad, but really I was trying not to cry because, you know, I me and my dad don't really talk about my mom. Like you know, I'll ask him, you know, what was mom like? You know, how do you and mom meet? But like. We don't talk about how mom disappearing affected him at all. And I, to this day, still really don't know. Um, Except for last Saturday when he, you know, said that it hurts him to watch me have to grow up without a mom. And, you know, I'm like, dad, don't make me cry. Like, stop. All right, that's enough. But so I'm anxious to see what he has to say about it. And um, my dad, I think that's where I get a lot of my not wanting anybody to know my emotions because he w- he has always been someone that's like doesn't really show his emotions much doesn't i've never seen my dad cry ever she takes after her dad a lot she says trying to stay strong in front of the cameras and when i asked her if it was to protect herself or to not give the person who took her mother the satisfaction of knowing they hurt her this is what she said i think it's a little both i you know i i'm really i protect myself when it comes to a lot of things and i think that's part of it but also you know just in case that person's watching like I don't want you to see me sad like okay yeah you took my mom but I'm still doing good like yes I miss her absolutely but I'm doing good I'm living I've got a daughter I've got a husband you know I've got a life of my own now and you didn't take that away from me I won't give you you took my mom you have that satisfaction satisfaction but I will not give you my life and that satisfies me Ugh. slow clap for Peyton am I right yes Yes, totally. She says she won't let her guard down because as far as she knows, this person could still be watching her. Because you never know, because we don't know anything. So it's like, are we being watched still? Like, is the person still out there? It's so hard to tell. Like, we are really just what it feels like back in square one to the day that it happened. Like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what happened. We don't know who did it. We don't know why they did it. And we really haven't had very many leads. And it's just kind of like, it sucks. Like, you just kind of want to scream at the top of your lungs, like, are you done? Like, is this game over to you? Like, what type of sick person can play this game for 16 years? Like, haha, I know what happened. And just like, I can imagine being that sick person. I couldn't imagine looking at a child in their eyes and being like, yep, I know what happened to your mom, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, that's kind of terrifying to think that this person could still be out there watching Peyton's every move. I know. Like I said, she has been able to stay so incredibly strong through this. And she feels like she's at a point in her life where she's ready to be strong enough for the whole family who were strong for her when she was a kid. Since I'm older, like, I have stepped up a lot. And, you know, I get a hold of people, you know, like you. And I do all, like, the the networking and you know emailing pictures and you know really just I've stepped up a lot as I've grown older and I'm her daughter so I feel like that's my right that that's my position like thank you you guys for doing that but now I'm going to take the torch from you because you guys have been doing it for so long I know you're tired I asked her now that she has stepped up if it's overwhelming getting questions from everyone for a very personal problem that she doesn't even have answers to it's hard to tell people's intentions sometimes when it comes to this because sometimes people are just nosy and then sometimes people genuinely care. And I learned that a little while, you know, closer to when I was in high school. Like I've learned with this case, like, you know, people, some people are just really nosy and they just kind of want to know what's going on. They don't really care 
about my mom. They don't care about my family. They just are nosy. Yeah, so people are ridiculous sometimes, especially in this town. Like they, it's such a small town, so it's like this is like a big thing to happen here. So everybody's all about like the drama that entails with it. And I like to tell people my life is not the young and the restless. I'm not a soap opera. So if you want to tune into something like that, it comes on Channel Seven. 1230 to 1.30. <laughs> I only know that because my grandma watches it, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. That would be really frustrating to have people constantly in your business, not because they care or want to help. Yeah, and Peyton says that people often don't know what to say to her, so they just say sorry. People can tell me that they're sorry all the time, but it's going to sound selfish, but sorry doesn't do anything for me anymore. It doesn't ease the pain. It doesn't make me feel better. It's just like, okay, that's another empty sorry that I'm getting from someone because they really don't know what to say to me, which is okay. I always tell people, I don't want your pity. I don't want your sorries. Just, you know, pray for me and my family that we get the answers that we want and keep it pushing because that's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I mean, I guess that's all you can do. I just can't imagine how this event has changed and shaped her. I actually brought that up. I wanted to know what it was like for her to lose her mom at just nine years old. From the outside looking in, yeah, it was a pretty poopy, shitty childhood. But I played sports. I did things that any normal child would do. But, you know, I just did it without a mom. And, you know, I it was very like it's not like I lost my mom to cancer or, you know, she died in a crash or anything like that. Somebody took her from us. Mm-hmm. And that's the only difference between me and another child is somebody took my mom and but My grandmothers and my aunts and my dad and Bobby made sure that I still was able to go out and play. Um, But still, you know, at school and stuff like that, like kids are kids are kind of cruel. Like, you know, working with kids, you know, working with kids like, you know, they don't really have a filter. So, you know, kids used to come and tell me stories all the time. Like, yeah, we seen your mom that day and somebody was dragging her across the concrete. And, you know, obviously, as a nine, ten-year-old, that is some traumatizing crap to hear. So, you know, I go home and I tell my grandma, like, you know, such and such said that they seen mom. And, you know, obviously my grandma was livid because, I mean, who wouldn't be? As a parent, as a grandparent, when you hear something obviously about your child, but they're also talking to your grandchild about it. Like, no, we don't do that. So we had a conference with my teacher and my teacher had to talk with the class and be like, you know what, Peyton's mom, off limits. We don't talk about her unless Peyton wants to talk about her. Ugh, I've said this before, but kids are the actual worst. I know, I know. But even through all of this, Peyton still made the best of her situation, and I even asked her how. How did you take this awful thing that happened to you and not let it define you? Definitely, like, went left instead of going right. And I could have been that kid that was just terrible and, you know, used my mom as a ledge, as an excuse as to why my life sucked, but that's not anywhere. So she didn't let it consume her, but I have to imagine it changed the way she interacted with people, even if just to make her more aware of the world and the evil that is in it. Oh, yes. Peyton is living by all of the crime junkie life (laughs) rules. I don't really trust many people. Like, my friends probably hate it, but we go everywhere in a group. We don't go to the bathroom alone. We don't do anything by ourselves. If you're leaving in the dark and you're going home, you need to call me when you get home. I'm that friend that's like, no, 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 where are you going? Who's this guy? Like, what? No, we're not leaving with you. Sorry, you can meet us wherever, but we're not going where you're going. Sorry, that's not happening. And I mean, my friends are probably thankful for it now because it probably saved them from a lot of embarrassment. But, you know, it's just, I'm just really protective over the people I love. 
Oh my God, that's so great. Yeah, it turns out even before this happened, though, Peyton and her mom were crime junkies. Aww. My mom was real into things like that. Like, she probably would have loved this podcast if, you know, she was around still. And, you know, we watched Unsolved Mysteries all the time and, you know, Snapped and all that kind of stuff because she was into that stuff. Like, she was going to school for that. And what was she going to school for? Um, well, criminal justice was her major. Um, and then she wanted to actually be a U.S. Marshal. I can remember watching crime shows with my mom thinking, like, this is, the, like, no, this will never happen to us. And then, you know, you wake up one morning and you are living that crime show now. Like, you are that, you are one of the many people who these crime shows are going to get a hold of and want to know and talk to you about your mom's case. And you're like, I never in a million years would have thought this would have happened to me. Ugh. That's so true. We consume so much true crime, and obviously all of our listeners do too. And it's so easy to kind of start to think you've almost become immune to it. Yeah, like nothing bad can happen to you because you've seen it all. It's why we do Crime Junkie Life lessons. We try to make them funny, but they're actually real rules to live by. So as we were wrapping up this interview, I asked Peyton if it's gotten easier as she's gotten older. You know, it's very hard some days. Some days are a lot easier than others. Um... I take them day by day. Now being a mother, I I realize a lot of the things that why my mother did certain things. And I protect Nicolette, which is her name. Um, she's named after my mom. Yeah. Um, and Peyton says that she misses even the mundane things about having a mom around. I'd give anything just to have an argument with her. Mm-hmm. It's just something so petty that, you know, my friends are like, I cannot stand my mom. And I'm like, I wish I could say that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could call you and be like, you know what, my mom gets on my nerves. <laughs> let me tell you why. So it's really hard, but you learn to kind of live with it. You yeah. learn to kind of cope with, you know, okay, she's not here physically, but she's here spiritually. And, you know, you've got all these memories and I've got all these pictures and my aunts and them have stories out the wazoo and you know um I talk to my dad about her every now and then my grandfather which is my dad's dad tells me all kinds of stories about her all the time so I have these memories of her but it's like I just wish she was here Mm -hmm. and um I'm doing anything and everything that I can to make sure that my daughter at least has somewhere to go where she can know that that's if my mom is dead that she has somewhere to go and Mm -hmm. like my grandma is resting here I asked Peyton if not knowing is a different kind of pain than if she were to find out that her mom had passed away and when. I think it will be. I think it'll be a pain that we can kind of overcome, though. Like This pain is just kind of like, we don't know anything, so how can we get over something we don't know? And, and But with once we find out, I feel like, you know, we can do what we have to do to, you know, bury her or whatever it is that we want to do. And then we'll have somewhere to go to visit her. We'll have we'll know, we'll have the answers, and we'll know what happened, and we can just kind of lay this part of our life to rest, so Mm -hmm. to speak, and move on from it, and then really work on healing. She says it's the strength that she gets from her family that keeps her going, and while they've had their ups and downs through this, at the end of the day, they're family, and if this tragedy has taught her anything in life, it's that nothing matters more than family. I think that a lot of people probably fail to realize that like your family is like your biggest advocate when something traumatic happens in your life and sometimes some people push themselves away from their family and then some people it brings them closer and I'm glad that our family is brought closer instead of being kind of pushed away and just never really speaking to one another because it's rough it is definitely I mean I've said it probably a million times today but it's definitely hard And I wouldn't wish it on anybody I wouldn't want anybody to feel this pain I wouldn't want anyone to go through this because the not knowing factor is what's so hard on this. And 
Like, what do we do? That's so true. I've seen a lot of stories about a tragedy happening, and it just rips the family apart. Yeah, it takes a strong family to stick together and actually work together to try and get answers. And I think Nikki's family has done an amazing job at that. And I asked Peyton, as a final note, if there was anything she wanted to say to the listeners of our show. I would like to thank everybody, you know, because with this type of case, it's so hard to keep it in the media, in, you know, out in the open because it's been 16 years and everybody's kind of like, oh, okay. But, you know, when July rolls around, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, Nikki McCown, like she's missing. But so it's nice to know that people still think about us and pray for us and we appreciate the prayers and the love and support. And, you know, we haven't given up and we won't. Just thank you. And, you know, if anybody out there knows anything, you don't have to say, hey, my name is Peyton and I know what happened to Nikki McCown. Just, you know, hey, I know what happened to Nikki McCown and this is where she's at. This is who did it. And you'll find your answers from this person. And, you know, to that person out there, like, I'm going to fight for my mom until the day I die. So don't think you've got it easy because you've flown under the radar these last 16 years. Like, you've got about another 16 years to go, but so... I'm in here for the long run, and I will find answers, and I will hunt for answers until I find what I'm looking for, and I find my mom. And, I mean, now that I've got a two-year-old, I have all the motivation in the world to go find what happened to her grandmother. I don't want to hit that 20-year mark. You know, it's four years away, but I don't want to hit that 20-year mark, and I'd rather not. So I'm going to do my best to fight, and Mm -hmm. even if we hit 19 years, 364 days, like, we didn't want 20 years, so... I'm in it for the long run, and I just need people to know that. Like, I'm not giving up. There's a quote that Peyton's grandma says on the Disappeared special at the very end, and Peyton reiterated it to me in our interview. She said, someone needs to give a damn for all of the Nickies out there. And what this episode is all about and what Crime Stoppers is all about is we want Nikki's story out there and we want everyone to give a damn about her. Someone has been keeping a secret for too long and if you know something, you need to help this family. Definitely. Peyton wants justice for her mother, but more than that, she needs to know where her mom is. Thank you, Crime Junkies, for listening to our bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed the extra content this week. If you want more information on Crime Junkies and want to know where to follow us on social media, you can go to crimejunkiepodcast.com. Crime Junkie is an audio Chuck production. So, what do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. 
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.